and welcome to this new edition of the Spiritual Soundings podcast. My guest this week is Reverend David Howard, who is a prison chaplain here in the UK. It's a very specialised and highly demanding ministry. And David, it would be great to hear from you how you uh, felt called to do this particular ministry. How, how did it that all work out? How did that all start? Tell us a bit about that. Well, I had a little time out of ministry, um, about three years, uh, sort of a, a gap in my ministry within the church. And then I returned to, to parish ministry. Um, but something was telling me that this wasn't for me anymore. Um, Not as though I was unhappy there, but um, I felt there was something that I ought to do. I don't necessarily talk about a direct vocation, but I feel I'm I feel I ought to do something. Uh, And um, a diocesan newspaper then in the Diocese of Suvel ran an article about prison chaplains working at a prison uh, in Nottinghamshire at Ranby. Uh, and also uh, within the same week, there was a very interesting documentary on the television about prisoners and their their relationship with their families. And the, pr- the following week, there was an advert in the Church Times uh, for prison chaplains. Um, it was something I would never have considered, um, but I thought this is, uh, I think this is something I ought to um, look at. And um, I applied. Uh, my first application was turned down, um, but then I applied again um, on the recommendation of um, the chaplain general at the time, um, and I managed to get a post, and uh, that was uh, 24 years ago, and it has been a very happy ministry. Gosh, how amazing. And it, it's interesting that, you know, that, that initially there was the feeling that you ought to do something, but I suspect, and especially as the ministry has lasted as long as it has and as continually as it has over so many years, that you must have very quickly grown to love it as a way of life. And it's a it's a very, I wouldn't say curious way of life, but it is an unusual place to be ministering um, in a loving way, I would think. I mean, do you ever find it challenging? How do, you must do. I mean, how, how does it feel for you in that respect? Well, I've had different experiences and each of the prisons that I've served in are very different and challenging. Uh, I started at the place that I'm actually back working again now, uh, which it was a juvenile um, establishment um, for 15 to 18 year old young men, most of whom had um, very um, unstable backgrounds, and that's uh, putting it very mildly, some very tragic backgrounds. And every one of them was different. Uh, and um, that, that was quite challenging. Um, but I was quite surprised at the response uh, of the young people. Um, they were um, quite responsive, um, not necessarily rushing to get to chapel, but I found that I could get alongside them. I mean, I, I, by then I was already 51. Um, so I felt quite old in, uh, as a chaplain in that environment. But, but I actually found it quite helpful getting alongside uh, some of the, the young men who were more receptive than I would have imagined when I first started. Mm. Mm. Um, the, second mm. prison, the second prison was um, a, a women's establishment. And I spent most of my full time ministry there. Um, and that was extremely challenging. But again, every prisoner is different. Um, mm-hmm. People are very 
quick to judge, oh, yes, people behind bars, they're all the same. Uh, they're not. And every one of them has a, has a story to tell. I'm not saying that, um, that, that, that justice should not be done. Uh, because there are some very, very serious crimes committed. And ultimately, it's up to the individual as to how they make the decision to commit crime or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking behind that, um, it's, um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it certainly gives you a, a, a view, a completely different view of prisoners than perhaps the picture painted, it, particularly in some of the press. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I'm struck by as I listen to you, I've only ever once um, visited a prison. um, And the thing that struck me was how kind of ordinary all these people looked. Um, And quite frankly, it could be any of us there. And, and, you know, as I hear you talking and hear the story, some of the stories you must have heard, presumably must have touched you very deeply not just not only the ones who came from extremely different backgrounds and and life stories to maybe yours and mine but others um how did that make you feel i I, one of the aspects of ministry in a prison that you have to uh be professional um and i tried as much as i could uh, to um, look into the situation from the outside. Um, I think every every person is different, and I have to say that I don't think I am a particularly emotional person uh, in that sense, uh, which I think um, is, is good in the position that I was in as a prison chaplain. Um, it, 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 to... To empathise with prisoners is quite difficult because of the backgrounds from which they come. I suppose I'm from what would described as a middle class uh, privileged background. Um, but it, each individual story touched me in a way. But on the other hand, I felt that I could remain aloof enough to be able to talk the issues through with prisoners uh, in um, a way uh, which help them without my becoming too involved in in the emotions of that particular interview, whatever it might be. But at at the same time, I I noticed from reading up some of the background that's put out both by the Church of England, but also by the government on the kind of expectations that they have of prison chaplains. And one of the things that really came through to me was that um, it seems that a chaplain is called to help um, the people they're serving to find hope, meaning, identity and belonging. Those were literally the words that I read, which I thought were very, um, they were very deep words to be using. And and how does that, how does that play out for you in the work you you do? How does that, how do you engage with those kind of ideas with with the people you're serving? Well, as far as the the, the word belonging is concerned, one of the um, issues which I see among prisoners is in fact that many of them in their lives have not felt they've really belonged anywhere. Mm. Um, uh, That goes for adults as well as uh, younger prisoners as well. Um, So acceptance would be the word. Um, People... um, you know, there are some prisoners who say, you know, I don't really want to come to chapel, particularly those who, who are feeling particularly guilty about what they've done. 
uh, yeah. don't sometimes want to come to chapel because there is a sense of shame. Mm. Um, and to uh, invite um, a prisoner to come into the chapel or chaplaincy activities or whatever it might be does give them a sense of belonging, um, along with the chaplaincy team and the other uh, prisoners, most in instances welcoming them into the chapel apart from various circumstances that is belonging hope yeah. is a little bit more difficult because often it depends on the length of their sentence um some young offenders for example i'm working with at the moment have um you know aren't going to be released until they're in possibly their mid-30s mm. um and again it's just a matter of getting alongside and uh, taking them along really day by day and and getting them to see that each day um, there can be a, a, a hope of achieving something. And many of them do. Yeah. So it, that's that's amazing, really. I mean, what it seems to me, though, is that there's, there's an interface between the idea of belonging um, uh, in the context of community. Many of these young people, presumably, or older people, too, have never known what it means to be part of any kind of meaningful community. So mm. the prison community will be presumably the first one that they experience. But but also that belonging um, has to do with belonging um, as a child of God and, and re- regardless of what you've done. And I imagine that's something that, how do you convey that to people who may not have never come up against such a notion before? Um, I, I think... Some of the prisoners um, approached the chaplains initially with uh, some scepticism. Um, and um, the welcoming them, welcoming, welcoming them into chapel uh, is, a, is a first step towards um, um, affirming them in the fact that they are, along with everybody else, a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very difficult for some of them to to grasp. Um, and so a lot of my ministry, I think, is simply um, affirming um, the fact that God created them and God loves them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, should think al- I should think also in regard to that, I mean, one of the things I would imagine that is tough for a prisoner is um, a sense of a loss of any or, or not having any kind of meaningful identity. You're all wearing the same clothes. And, um, you know, is that something that that you have to work hard at with them to give them that and for them in the right kind of way, um, a whole sense of personhood as opposed to anything else? Yeah, that's right. Um, each one, again, treated uh, as an individual. Um, there is a sense in which, Prisons being the institution, there everybody moves to work at once. Everybody moves back from work at once. Um, everybody eats at once, uh, and so on. Uh, and um, the chaplaincy can bring um, uh, a sense of meaning with the activities that the, the chaplaincy pursues. Um, uh, and the other issue with uh, belonging is that the it. There are other departments we bring in volunteers, but the chaplaincy do bring in a lot of volunteers from outside, either to conduct worship, to help with groups, uh, simply to get alongside prisoners. Um, and that actually is another way that we can they can be um, involved in, um, in what you might call ordinary intercourse with other 
uh, members of the public who are coming. Mm. And actually, that does um, give prisoners um, uh, quite a different view when they actually know that people from the outside mm. are coming in um, yeah. because they feel that everybody on the outside is simply thinking of them as terrible people and that's the end of it. But yeah. that does affirm uh, their, uh, their identity, really. That's a really, really important thing. And I imagine, because um, I know that when we were talking before before we, we did this, um, you said that the first thing, uh, within 24 hours of a prisoner, of a person arriving in prison, they meet with a chaplain, but it, mm. it isn't necessarily the chaplain of their own faith contest. Is that correct? No, it isn't. How does, um, that, how does that work? How do, how do, you, how do you manage that? Um, well, each uh, of the chaplains uh, has their role in the prison, and some of the chaplains uh, uh, are responsible for conducting in the prison what are known as statutory duties. And one of those duties is to visit uh, prisoners within 24 hours of their arrival. Uh, and it depends which chaplain is the duty chaplain, because now prison chaplaincy teams work on an interfaith basis, multi-faith basis. Um, so um, one day it could be a Muslim chaplain who would be the duty chaplain and they would introduce, tell people what the chaplaincy was, what it did. There's the usual sort of leaflet and so on, a welcome pack and that sort of thing. Um, and, and then they would, if a, a prisoner responds initially and they say, well, actually, I'm a Christian or I'm a Sikh or whatever it might be, then the duty chaplain would pass the information to the chaplain of their particular faith or and or denomination, mm -hmm. uh, and so. But it does um, cement the idea in prisoners' minds that um, people of faith are people of faith, um, and th the fact that we work together and sometimes we deliberately go around the prison together, uh, say a Muslim mm -hmm. chaplain and myself which gives and also to the staff that um, some of the press about, that we have about um, poor faith and, and community relations on the outside, it, it's it's not like that at all, really. I think that's really important because mm. it. I think a lot of the received idea about um, people who are in prison, especially if it's directly related to faith, is that they're all sort of extremists or terrorists or something. And actually, I think it what you're telling me makes a statement to people who come into prison, that faith is ultimately a universal thing. Yeah. And therefore, you know, that that, that multi-faith, interfaith work must be very enriching for the whole community, I would think, isn't yeah. it? I mean, not it just is. the prisoners. Yeah, yeah really mm -hmm. amazing. So I'd just um, like to say, uh, going back yeah. a little bit to, to um, uh, affirming um, the prisoners, um, the story which I like to uh, tell, the story at the about the end of Jesus's life when he was on the cross, yes. um, and there were the two thieves, one on either side, and Jesus says to the repentant, uh, uh, repentant thief, uh, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, and that was without anything else. Uh, and, and right at the last, uh, the the person Jesus invited into his kingdom was actually a criminal. Yes. Uh, and I feel that's that's actually quite um, quite poignant, really. It is really poignant. And I, does that, um, that must actually be, is that one of the very first stories and first things you tell them? It must be 
have a quite I, a profound effect on yes, them. I, I, I use that quite a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have you had many um, young people or older people um, come to faith from absolutely nothing or worse uh, in in prison? Have you? Had yes, I, I think we do. The, uh, many of them. <clears throat> um, have had some faith background and, and and you get a lot who've been to particularly to to church with their grandparents mainly rather than parents yeah. um but that they've already had some inkling of what the faith is about and when the faith whichever faith it might be for which of the chaplains is presented to them um, an interest is sparked and quite a number of prisoners do um, embrace it. So we do get quite a lot of baptisms, confirmations and the like. Um, and also uh, from the Muslim faith, um, people who make the um, confession for becoming a Muslim and so on. That's so, wonderful. yes, it, it does happen. Yeah. Do you, do you get any um, follow up opportunity when, when they're released? Do they ever stay in touch? I mean, if they've come to faith like that? Yeah, but I mean, we can, um, uh, yes, we can um, refer people to churches. And one of the statutory duties, again, is to see prisoners on discharge or what we see them before discharge. So if people want referring to a faith community, um, we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, it is difficult in some circumstances. Na the nature of the crime sometimes makes makes that that not an easy thing to do um yeah. but uh, but it can be done and and often people do find um local uh, faith communities to to worship because of course you obviously can't follow them they have to come to you voluntarily if they're going to uh, want to stay in touch i mean you presumably can't you can't no no the, yeah the service is quite keen on us not having any uh, directly relation relationship with prisoners when they leave yeah. Um, but obviously, that and any follow up can be done by uh, the minister um, yes. in a church which they might find themselves, or a community yes. they might find yes. themselves. Um, it, it, one of the things that this kind of <clears throat> slightly leads me into is that again, looking at the at the sort of blueprint for chaplaincy work um, that that comes from the government, I think. Um, they view the role of chaplain as helping people to lead law-abiding and positive lives. That's quite a, a, a broad brief for you to work from. It does, is that one that, um, I mean, I can't imagine that a chaplain like yourself would get up there and be telling, lecturing them on how to, how to be good. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you go about that? I think it's uh, the, the chaplaincy plays a role in that holistic um, uh, aim. Um, in, in the fact that simply the things that we do, hopefully like affirming people, giving people hope um, and, and giving people the idea that they can move on in life, uh, plays into, into that, um, that, that which is actually always on, our, on the back of our identity uh, tag. Um, yeah. So um, chaplains are part of a team. I think that has to be important of, of the um, the nurse, the, the healthcare, the uh, psychologists, and and everybody else. We do feel we're part of it in most of the prisons. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's very interesting, and also, of course, in your position, you could, you know, you're going to meet with people who have got no kind of basic the theological literacy, and some who are possibly highly intelligent, and yeah. you know, 
and and that's quite a that's quite a broad reach for you to have to minister into. I mean, it must be quite. Is it quite interesting that, or is it challenging at times? I mean, the highly intelligent prisoner who's <laughs> challenges you is that. Does that, that that's right. Yes, yes, and and you will find this. Um, say in in a Bible study or a study group, uh, you will find that those prisoners do tend to, particularly in the adult estate when people are more mature, do actually. Um, take part and ease other people along. Yes. Um, and if important. the chaplain gets a bit too uh, too theological and using technical terms, uh, <laughs> the, the other prisoners will say, what he means is this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very nice. So already there you have a sense of identity, belonging yeah. and community. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. you, the chaplain, in a sense, as the Christ figure walking alongside them, but also bringing them together in that way. And I think that's... Um, it's, I think that's a very powerful note for us to, in a way, to to end on. Um, would you? Would I, you, you presumably you think you you yourself think of yourself as a as a Christ light in their lives in your work? Don't, don't you? Yes, uh, I think you have to be a little careful. A, a colleague of mine, when I first started, he was sort of my mentor. Um, said to me, he said, um, I. When I joined the prison service as a chaplain, I came to meet, um, to, to bring Jesus into the prison. What perhaps shouldn't have surprised me is the fact that Jesus was already there. In the prison, yes. Well, that, I think, is an excellent note for us to finish on. And, and yeah. I think um, I think you do amazing work, and so do your other colleagues as well. And uh, I think we in society are enormously grateful to you because you really are a bridge for these um, these people who find themselves in prison, uh, could be any of us, and helping them to find a way out through the darkness into the light and to indeed lead really fruitful and productive lives. And I think um, we're very grateful to you. And I'm very grateful to you for coming on to the podcast. And um, thank you very much. David thank Huff. you for having me. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye.